0: Good morning, everyone. What a joy it is to be here and to see each of you. I'm so blessed to get to have this view of everyone. Um, I'm thankful that everyone is here, and no matter what happened throughout the week, no matter what loss or joy, no matter what you endured, you came here this morning, all of us together, as a family to worship our King and to celebrate and to mourn and to just live life together for this brief time. So I'm thankful to get to have you all and my family and each of y'all together as one family of Christ. We have a couple announcements this morning. Um, next Sunday is Catherine's retirement party, Miss Catherine. So please join us next Sunday from 2:30 to 4 o'clock in the Hope Center. Um, to celebrate 53 years of service to this church. I hope to see every one of you out there. Um, And just a note that through the month of October, we'll be taking up a love offering for her. So if you will, on your envelope, put the name Catherine um, on that so it can go toward her and her family. The Trunk or Treat sign-up is officially in the hall. So please go out there today and see which trunk you can sign up for. It is different this year. There is a whole thing on the back. It is a themed walk. It is not just your normal trunk or treat. So um, make sure you sign up for one and read. I've got the scripture that the theme is with, so it really will help you to um, bring the story to life even more once you read the scripture again. So please do that as soon as you can today. And let's go to our Father in prayer together. Oh, Heavenly Father. Your merciful ways, your, your grace, your forgiveness, your compassion on us is overwhelming. We love you with all our hearts. You created us. You knew us before we came and ever since we came to this earth, you have been with us. We praise you for that, God. God. I praise you for all the people that you have created, image bearers of you, Lord. I praise you for all of the things you created for us to take care of us, to nurture us, the relationships we have, the family that are there for us, the friends that we have, the church family, and all the blessings that pour over us, Lord. We give you praise for all of it. We thank you for the hardest times, the times this week that that were the most difficult, we praise you for those. We know you're always with us in everything we do, that you want the best for us, which is a relationship with you, a closeness with you like no other. I pray before we go into worship and in song and prayer and scripture, Lord, that you dwell among us in a powerful way, that that opposing forces have no chance around this church and around these families, Lord, that you will rain your spirit down and that will flood these pews and the songs and our thoughts, that we will glorify your name, your majestic name, and we will give you praise for all things. And you align our minds and our hearts to give you the glory and the respect and the love and the focus that you deserve. Oh, Father, we love you. And we thank you for the the sacrifice that had to happen that you did for us, Jesus Christ on the cross. And it is in your name that we all pray. Amen.
1: Amen. God is indeed a good God all the time. Amen. Even when things seem hard and seem difficult, God is still there. God is still watching over us and leading us and guiding us and directing us and uh, providing us with blessings of life that sometimes we can't see, sometimes we don't understand until sometime later in life. And today we're going to continue our series on questions in the faith. where we're answering some questions of faith that have come up through Bible study or, or conversations uh, in recent weeks or months. Um, the first week we started was uh, we asked the question, how can I be sure that I'm saved, the assurance of our salvation? Last week we looked at God's forgiveness and God, how God forgives us. And today we're going to address the idea of us forgiving other people. Who is it in your life that you need to forgive? I want you to be thinking about that throughout the morning. You know, unforgiveness is something that we've all had to deal with in life and and throughout life. Uh, Satan uses it to to tear families apart, to divide churches, and and ruin friendships for sure. When it's not dealt with, it, it festers like a cancer in our hearts that ultimately brings about self-destruction in our lives. And when it's left untreated, it leads to physical and emotional and psychological and spiritual difficulties in life. In Paul's writing in Ephesians, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, and in Genesis chapter 50, so you might want to bookmark those those two this morning, but... Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus and he addresses the topic of unforgiveness at the, at the end of, of Ephesians chapter 4, but leading up to that, he is calling for unity in the church and, and unity, unity among believers, and he, he begins to outline what can we do to bring unity within the church, and, and right off the bat in, in, in verse 1 chapter 4, he's talking about us walking in a worthy ma- a manner worthy of the calling of God, that God has placed on our life. As a believer, are we walking worthy of the calling that God's placed on us? And then on down in that chapter in verses 17 through 22, he tells us we no longer walk as those who don't know the truth, but instead have put off the old things in life. Have put off our old habits, our old ways, our our old sinful life and sinful ways of doing things. And then he continues that up in verse 44 to put on the new things in Christ and to grow in the goodness of of Christ and the righteousness of Christ and begin reflecting Christ in our life to other people and to the world. And to live out that new Christian life means to, to tell the truth to one another. He says in verse 25 and 26, we're to no longer... Let our anger cause us to sin. But instead to confront those problems in love and to deal with them individually. He goes on in verse 28 and 29 and tells us we're to work hard. We're not to be lazy folks. We're to work hard and and, and work hard for a living and then the way we've been blessed through that work to turn around and be generous to other people, to, to, to allow the generosity that God gives us to allow it to flow through us. And then going along with the generosity of material things, speak generously to other people. In other words, encourage people, speak gracious words to them, build them up. Don't tear them down. And then in verse 30, uh, he's talking about our salvation Um remember a couple of weeks ago as we were talking about the assurance of salvation here in verse 30 he affirms that promise he says in verse 30 he says do not grieve the holy spirit of god with whom you were sealed for the days of redemption in other words he's guaranteeing that we'll be saved on the day of our redemption now listen to what he says about forgiveness the manifestation of the spirit of of unforgiveness is seen in in verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness is something that tears, like I said, families, churches, companies, everything else apart. Friendships, you name it. That bitterness, he says, get rid of all bitterness. Rage. Anger. Get rid of it all. Get rid of all brawling and slander. Slander along with every form of malice. And let's just ask a question right there. If we got rid of all that in our life, if we got rid of all of that in our family, if we got rid of all of that in our church, in our companies, in our workplace, would it be a much better place to live? Amen. It certainly would. And so He's telling us here to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Have you ever said, I can never forgive that person for what they've done. Have you ever been there? I have. Maybe a lot of us or maybe all of us have been there at some point in time. That the hurt was was so bad that you just say, I can't let it go. Folks, let me tell you today that nothing is beyond the forgiveness of God nothing is beyond our ability to forgive with God's help and you see forgiveness is a choice that we make and unforgiveness is actually a a form of hatred towards that person that we're not forgiving so let me ask you this morning is is there somebody in your life that, that you avoid Is there somebody in your life that you choose not to interact with or or to speak with because of something they've done? If this describes you in some way, then, then you're experiencing some form of that hatred towards the person in the form of unforgiveness. And so is there someone in your life that, that you have that unforgiving spirit towards? Maybe it's something that happened recently. Maybe it's something that happened years or decades ago. But is there something there that is holding your heart that you can't let go of? There are two ways to deal with unforgiveness in our hearts. And number one is is to just keep it inside and and when we do that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness is exposed through bitterness and resentment. And then the other way is just to let it out. You openly display your hatred toward the person in the form of vengeance and retaliation and speaking down or bad about that person. But just as we make a choice to have an unforgiving spirit, we make the choice to forgive that person as well. And so not only is it a good idea for your your health to forgive the person, but it's also commanded by God to forgive that person. But, But Rush, you don't know. You don't know what they did. We're commanded by God to forgive. In the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6 is read a portion of that in in verse 12. It says, And forgive us our debts, or forgive us our sins. We're, We're asking the Lord to forgive us as we also have forgiven past tense. Forgive me, Lord, for I have already forgiven our debtors, or those who have sinned against Me. For if you, verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, if you forgive other people, when they've sinned against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people their sins, it says, Your Father will not forgive your sins. Folks, this is a a big deal. Because that unforgiveness is something we all, I'm guessing, we've all experienced at some point in life. But God is saying, God's Word here is saying, we've got to forgive, we've got to let that go. And that can be done with the help of God. And so to harbor an unforgiving spirit is a sin against God. It's an an obstacle that's standing between you and God. It's a a wall standing between you and a right relationship with God. I was sharing Wednesday night with, 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 with something I dealt with for a long time in an unforgiving heart. And when Jesus is telling His, His disciples how to pray, He says, and, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, if you hold anything against anyone, in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, He says, forgive them, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. But Russ, (laughs) what keeps us from forgiving other people? Number one is probably pride. That we don't want to humble ourselves. Maybe we want to control them by the way we retaliate against them. Or maybe we don't know how to forgive. Or or maybe we've never experienced God's forgiveness. Because when we truly experience God's forgiveness, we are then able to forgive. Yeah, Listen, we can concoct every kind of excuse imaginable why we don't extend grace to, to other people. But in the eyes of God, there is no excuse. If Christ died on the cross to to forgive the multitude of sin in our life, the least we can do is forgive that person their sins. We have no right to deny the forgiveness to other people. Because I know my sin is far greater than what that one person perpetrated against me. And yet Christ forgave me. We're commanded to to forgive others. If we look back at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32 again, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You see, the spirit of unforgiveness is that time between when you are hurt and when you forgive. And so then Paul goes on to what do we do instead? What do we do instead of, 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 of being bitter and holding grudges? Well, he follows that right up in verse 32. He says, be kind. Be kind and compassionate to the person. Be kind and compassionate to one another. What's it say, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. You see, forgiveness is a choice that we make. It's something we do for ourselves, not, not necessarily for, for other people. And, and if we choose not to forgive, man, it will just eat away at our hearts like a, like a deadly poison. And forgiveness is, has nothing to do with the offense or, or the offender. There's nece, no, not necessarily a need for an apology. It's not dependent upon the offender or, or even the need to make amends. A forgiveness starts with us. You see, God set the example in, in forgiving us through Christ Jesus. He made the first move to reach out to us and, and He offered His forgiveness even before we asked for it. In Colossians 3.13, 13, he, he reinforces that thought. It says, Bear with each other, bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We can find example after example in the Bible of the forgiveness and making things right. But this morning, let's look for a moment at the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 through 50, and 50 in particular. Remember how the story started? Joseph, as, a, as one of the brothers, was seen as the favored child, the golden child we might say today, the one that had favor in the family. And, and his 11 brothers, they, they were jealous of him. They wanted, to, they, they wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to get him out of their way. And so their idea was to take him out in the field and throw him in a pit uh, so he could die. And one of the brothers pleaded for his case a little bit. They saw some... Uh, some folks coming down the road. And so instead of letting him die, they sold him into slavery. Then they told their father that he's gone. They they took his bloody robe back to his father and said a a wild beast had eaten him. And years passed and in a time of famine, Joseph encountered him again. At the time, he had moved his way up to be a, a, a leader in Egypt. And they came to him during a time of famine and a a time of need. And we see in in Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21, we see that story unfolding. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and he pays us back for all the wrongs we did him? And so they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sin and the wrongs they committed in in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brother then came and threw themselves down before him. We're your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. You intended, good, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. So accomplish what is now being done, saving for many, and sa- the saving of many lives. So then do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I know there's been a lot of family spats in a lot of fam, you know, in, in different families, but but this is pretty bad here. Okay, it don't get a whole lot worse than this right here. And what happened to Joseph? And we look and we 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 read those several chapters uh, of Joseph's life, and we see he had plenty of reason for bitterness, and he had great reason to harbor that unforgiveness in his in his heart. His brothers hated him and said. In, In Genesis chapter 37, verse 4, it says, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. That made for a difficult day around the house, didn't it? When, When one brother was truly hated to that point, where they couldn't even speak good to the person. And so he was terribly mistreated by his brothers he was later on he was falsely accused of of raping potiphar's wife he was thrown into prison and forgotten for two years and so he had plenty of hurt he had plenty of reason to be uh bitter in life he had been hurt time and time again but instead of retaliation he had already forgiven his brothers For the way they had hurt him. And think of, I mean, they hurt him physically, emotionally, spiritually. And yet he offered them forgiveness. And you think how that story worked out in the end. In the end, Joseph actually got to see how God worked all that evil going on in his life for good. And see, what happened to to Joseph throughout his life was ultimately a blessing in disguise. He was able to provide for his family years down the road after being nearly killed by his family. We think about our life and we think about the things we've been through and and maybe how, how people have hurt us over the years, but you know what? God uses those hurts in our life to, to test us and to mold us and to prepare us for greater things. To use us in a mighty way. You know, It might be to minister to somebody that's gone through something similar that we did. Or, or maybe it's just to grow our character to where we can be of a greater use in the kingdom of God. But remember that, that the vengeance is the Lord's and He will judge, He will take care of of those who hurt those who harm again we've all been hurt in in some way but think about this when we when we get hurt physically we all have a scar on us probably somewhere don't we probably from some crazy act as a child that we did right (laughs) you know we all probably have those childhood scars but what do those scars represent? Number one, stupidity for the most part probably. I know it is in my life. Craziness and crazy acts you know, that we've done. But those scars, when you look back at them, it tells you that healing came. It tells you that healing took place in your life. And so maybe forgiveness is letting go of that resentment and when we no longer hold that against the, the person, healing comes to our hearts. You know, God, God commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He makes that possible by, by putting His love in our heart. And we love because He loved us. It's His forgiveness that, that flows through us and We forgive because we have been forgiven. And so, listen to this. When we surrender the right to get even, when we surrender the right to pay somebody back for the hurt, God gives us the ability to forgive. Charles Spurgeon said, Let us go to Calvary. Let us go to Calvary and and learn how we may be forgiven. Let's go to the cross and see what Christ did for us. But that's not the end of the quote. He finishes that and he says, let us linger there to learn how to forgive. Let us linger at the cross contemplating what Christ did for us so that we can then forgive other people. He says to linger there, to wait there, to, to take as long as it, you need to to understand the, the great forgiveness that we've received in our life so that we can go out and offer that forgiveness to other people. In Luke chapter 6, He says, to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. it's hard to do sometimes isn't it i guess we could say though if we can't forgive then christ's blood is is no good and and ineffective on my heart if we can't forgive we're we're holding on to the grudges and the, and the bitterness that we have and if christ's forgiveness isn't good enough we don't cherish his forgiveness we don't We don't trust His forgiveness. We don't embrace and treasure the forgiveness that we have received. Someone that says, I cannot forgive has never experienced God's forgiveness. It's only the one that has been forgiven much that can forgive much. Because when we realize, again, the enormity of of our sinfulness, the enormity of our the, the, the sin in our life and the need of forgiveness and what we've received in Christ's forgiveness. Folks, we're compelled to forgive those who hurt us. Let me ask you again this morning, is there, is there someone in your life that you avoid? Is there someone in your life that you haven't talked to in a, in a long time? because they hurt you? Is there somebody in your life you don't talk to because they've done something to you you don't like? Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about looking in the mirror and examining our heart? Well, if this is the case, then then maybe today we need to examine Our hearts. If we have that unforgiving spirit, God says we need to examine our hearts. Because it sounds like there may be somebody in your life that you need to forgive if that's going on. Corey Ten Boone said, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. Corey Ten Boone. God will forgive us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. Again, hear God's word. Forgive as you have been forgiven. This morning as we sing our hymn of invitation, the potter's hand. I want you to take that moment, that that time to, to pray for that relationship, that unforgiveness in your heart. For you, who is it that you need to forgive a little bit or a lot? Forgive as you were forgiven by God. Let's pray together. Forgive others as we have been forgiven. Lord Jesus, I admit that I struggle with forgiving people who have sinned against me. And yet I realize that I have sinned against you and against others numerous times. And in a multitude of ways. But God, because you have forgiven me of my sins, Help me to, to extend that same forgiveness who have hurt me in some way. And Lord, today I'm willing to pray for. Lord, I'm willing to pray for that person. God I pray that you would bless them and God that you would fill our hearts with your love Lord we just pray that you would indeed help us to forgive those who wrong us don't let that bitterness and hatred and that unforgiving spirit rob us of our joy and peace God we ask for your grace to forgive the hurts and the offenses in our life. Renew our minds, Lord, with your word and with your truth and and let your forgiving love flow through us to those around us so that we can be in unity with one another in our homes, in our church, in our workplace, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, wherever it might be. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us and enabling us to forgive others. In Christ's name we pray.